Scotland and welcome back to my podcast, Live a Little, where we dive deeper into what it truly means to live your life for God. So today is a special day because we're starting a brand new series, which is called Purity or Lack Thereof. If you follow the podcast Instagram account, you would have been kept up to date on a little bit of what this um, topic is really about, what the series is about. Um, And ultimately, it is talking about purity from a perspective of people who feel like they might not have had the same advice or the amount of advice that they would have liked going through purity through high school and, you know, middle school, college age, you know, as a Christian. So anyway, so that is what this is about. It's really discovering what God has to say about sexual immorality, sin through biblical knowledge, I guess, <laughs> a biblical perspective. So today I have two very special guests. I have Juliana Parham. Did I say your last name right? Just mm-hmm. Okay. And Daniel Parham. And uh, they are joining me, which is super exciting. So you guys can say hi. hi. <laughs> Hello. And so, yeah. So Juliana, um, where are you going to college? I'm going to University of Arkansas. And you're going to be a, a freshman. Freshman? Yes. Very excited? So excited. What made you make the decision to go to Arkansas? Um, lots of reasons. God just opened lots of doors for me for Arkansas. But um, just the biggest reason was just financial. Mm-hmm. It just worked out best for me. But um, I just had a lot of opportunities given to me. So I wanted to choose Arkansas for those reasons. Cool. What are you studying? International studies. Cool. And what made you make that decision? Because I really like the world, and I also really like several all different cultures and what religions go with different cultures. And I just thought that, that was all really cool. Um, and I'm wanting to go somewhere in the ministry field in the future. And I figured that if it was missions, international studies would work out. If it's not, it would just be a good knowledge to have. But I just really love the world, and I want to travel and see everything about it. And I just figured international studies would help me with that. Perfect. That's so exciting. And Daniel, where do you go to school? So I go to Wichita, <laughs> Wichita State University. Um, what are you studying? I'm studying international business. So Ooh, that's exciting. What does that mean? So international business is, imagine a business degree, but internationally. And mm-hmm. it's a very broad subject, so you can go into different things. Like I'm going into marketing, um, but you can also go into like statistical analytics and uh, – you know, management and other things. It's a very broad topic. So that's what I'm going into. Aren't you also passionate about ministry as well and missions? I, I am passionate about ministry and missions. <laughs> um, I considered after graduating going to seminary school, um, but that's just kind of a dream at this point. Um, I just kind of want to see where I'm at after I graduate before I want to make a big step like going to seminary. Mm-hmm. Um but I'd love, yeah, I'd like to use my degree to, you know, do mission work, um, set a business up in a different country and use that to, like, have a purpose to do missions other than just doing missions, so. Yeah, because you can do ministry wherever you're at, exactly. whatever job you're in, um, even if you don't have, like, a ministry degree necessarily. <clears throat> All right, so now we know a little bit about them. Um, so I asked both Juliana and Daniel, because mostly Daniel, because I needed a guy, and then he was just perfect because Juliana and Daniel are obviously siblings. And so it was cool because I was able to, you know, respect both of their opinions, but they're from different perspectives, but yet raised the same, which is really cool, both boy and girl. 
So that's really interesting. So um, I asked them both to be on the podcast, but obviously it had to be a personal decision, um, not just something I can force you to do, hopefully. And so what was your, like, Juliana, what was your, like, reasoning for saying yes to being on this episode? Well, first of all, I just think you're the coolest person ever. So the moment you asked me, I was just so, <laughs> so flattered. But also, I just think this topic is the coolest. It's just so like hidden and so not talked about anywhere. And I, I can't remember the last time I've heard this kind of topic talked about in church. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, it, it came to light as something that I didn't really know quite much about until like December of mm-hmm. 2020, I think. And then I thought about it and I was like, why have I never thought about this topic before? <laughs> I was like, this isn't like, no one's talked about this. It's a secret. Like, it, it's so hidden. Every time that like, Every time the topic of sex is brought up, it's like, everyone's like, shh, don't talk about that. Especially when I was in the room, it was like, Juliana, like, Juliana's in the room. Like, we can't talk about this. Because mm-hmm. everyone just viewed me as, like, young and not, not like, willing to hear. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, it was just kind of, like, upsetting for me. Because I wanted to learn more about it. And I wanted to, like, not have so much curiosity. Because curiosity can be, like, dangerous in mm-hmm. some situations. And so... But no one would ever talk about it openly and freely. And so it was really hard. But I've done a lot of, like, research on it myself and talked to a lot of other people that I've trusted. And I've just tried to build my own opinion. But I've had a really hard time doing that. Like on so, your own? On my own, Without yeah. talking about it openly. Exactly. Yeah. So I was just really excited to come on here because I, I wanted to try to figure that out even more and also kind mm-hmm. of share just some thoughts that I have yeah. and see if that's like something that's crazy or something that's, you know, mm-hmm. openly accepted or, you know, yeah. something similar to that. Well, so. that's interesting. Um, I forgot to put this disclaimer in the beginning is that um, this is an open conversation between people who are just trying to figure it out as well. So um, I have <laughs> been in places where I take people's words as gold always and I just take it and run with it but as you're listening whoever's listening um it'd be awesome for you to have your bibles open and you're searching the word and looking for it yourself because you know we believe what we're saying to be true but you have to look it up for yourself or else your faith is just piggybacked off of somebody else's so you really have to be able you know to search it for yourself which is admirable of you Juliana to be discovering it for yourself but then go into community and listening to others so Daniel why'd you say yes when you could have said no. <laughs> well, first and foremost, I just think you're an incredible person, and it's very Thanks. flattering. Thanks. No, I actually hadn't <laughs> spoken to Gloria in maybe ten years, um, and Joanna uh, kind of recommended to me, and I was like, "Oh, a podcast? That sounds fun." Um, and that's kind of where that went. Um, Did you listen to my podcast before you? No, I, was, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know you had a podcast, and mm-hmm. so Joanna mentioned it, and. Um, then after we had FaceTimed and like mm-hmm. set up like, oh, let's do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I went and I just, I just was listened through all of them and I was like, okay, so pretty, you know, pretty good podcast. Thank so you. That's, um, that's kind of my, mm-hmm. you know, experience with that. So Cool. Well, now that we know that, I just thought that we would get into some icebreaker questions to actually get into the topic, which this has been kind of difficult because I was like an icebreaker to talk about something super deep. So then I was like, this is like not an icebreaker. It's just like really just going to be the opposite almost. <laughs> So pretty much like getting vulnerable, like, are you nervous right now? Or do you feel uncomfortable um, with this subject? Why or why not? Like, that's kind of like what we just talked about. But like, 
have you had times in your life where you felt like this was like like you said like very hard to talk about but like especially with people your age or like to a platform like are you nervous I wouldn't say I'm necessarily nervous I am a little nervous about all my words being taken too seriously Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that there's like I'm glad that you're saying a disclaimer with this Mm -hmm. being an open conversation and people need to do the research themselves because I'm also the kind of person that like I can hear something Mm -hmm. from a Christian that I trust and I'm like yeah that's gold that's (laughs) like that's it like (laughs) that sounds right so that must be right Mm -hmm. and so for me it was like if I say something with too much confidence I'm scared that people are like that makes a lot of sense I'm gonna believe that and then and you I'm can, like, like lead somebody. Yeah, in. and it's yeah. and it's the wrong opinion. So I'm just wanting like I'm I'm just nervous about people just taking my words the wrong way or taking them too literally. And so like I'm only eighteen. Like I don't know <laughs> yeah. that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um So much experience. I I, I don't have I don't have that much experience with everything and I, mm-hmm. I haven't done like a world's worth of research over this topic. So for me it's just like I really am here having an open conversation mm-hmm. and just listening and like sharing a few of my thoughts and um, taking in others' thoughts and then researching more about it. And so my biggest thing is just like I'm just nervous about what I'm saying um, and hoping that nothing is said wrong. Mm-hmm. But also, um, what was the second question? That's pretty much it. Like, uh, are you uncomfortable? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> super uncomfortable, but yeah. It, yeah, this was just something that I just opened to. Well, and that's like, I think people can learn a lot from listening to people communicate in an open setting. Like, I think that I've, there's been a lot of times where people are like, eh, or they just make a joke and like move on. Like, it's like, let's just not talk about, it. you know, sex is weird. Or they're like, haha, okay, you're like, make like some sort of sexual joke. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to faith, like, why, like, that's funny is like, in the secular world, world, sex is so easily talked about, but it's so inappropriate. But then when it comes to Christians talking about it, it's a secret. So it's like, where's the in between? Because all we're hearing is like the secular version. But like, why can't we be just as open to make sexual jokes as we are to have a serious conversation when it comes to sex and sexuality? So yeah, Daniel, what do you think about that? Are you uncomfortable? Uh, I'm not (laughs) not necessarily uncomfortable. Um, I would have been maybe a year ago, but mm-hmm. I kind of want to comment on what you just said about how it's so openly talked about in the secular world, but not the Christian world, which to me feels kind of backwards. Oh, really? Because, you know, like God created sex. Why wouldn't we want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. And so it's the fact that like a lot of like churches kind of teach that, um, like, don't, don't talk about sex. Sex is a bad thing, which sex certainly isn't a bad thing mm-hmm. in the context of marriage. Sex is one of the most beautiful things mm-hmm. you know and so that's where i just find it interesting that like i feel like if the secular world understood what sex actually was they'd be very uncomfortable to talk about it you know compared to christians but it's kind of the backwards you know but mm-hmm. I thought it's just it's just interesting yeah, me, so. yeah for sure all right so well the next thing that i was going to talk about kind of goes into that is like what do you think is the biggest misconception about sex in the world that we live in <clears throat> I think the biggest misconception, honestly, is that, like, uh, like, like a casual hookup or something just isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is exactly what Paul was talking about when he was writing to to Corinth in you know First Corinthians one, because like, if anyone knows anything about Corinth, it was a port city, and it was basically like the term Corinthian was basically used for like a basically our modern day slut or like whore or something. And so, um, like, if you, you know, went home and said, like, hey, 
like mom i'm dating a corinthian she'd be like no you're not like that's it was it was a derogatory term Mm -hmm. um but you know paul sits there sits there and talks about how important like sex is in you know first corinthians 6 um like verses 13 through uh, i think it's all the way through 19 um but he talks about like having sex is is joining one so he says um shall i then take the members of christ and make them members of a prostitute never or do you know that he who joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her for it is written the two will become one flesh and that is a direct like when he says it is written that is a direct reference to genesis 2 24 when when god finishes creating adam and eve and he says like um the two will become one um one flesh i don't know the exact verse but then he goes then he basically says like and they were naked and unashamed and so yeah. it's it's very you know and then paul's the most important thing there in that situation in that the, the i think it's verse 16 um he says a prost you know join with a prostitute one body becomes two or, or two bodies become one and so it's, it's like it's a big deal and so when you have this casual hookup like not only are you mm-hmm. you know having sex inside of marriage but then you're also like joining with this person and mm-hmm. you have that you, you form that attachment to them and mm-hmm. so it's yeah yeah i have friends that like have lost their virginity and then broken up with that person and have felt like they were still connected like they're like i don't even know like i'm in this like other place with somebody else and like in a whole different like years later and they're like but i still like if i run into that person out in public i'm like like they're like i feel like i still love them and i'm like probably because you were joined in a way that you weren't supposed to be um outside of marriage so yeah to the the secular world like that makes no sense like someone who's not a christian and has no no context of christianity it's like why do I feel this connection? Well, it's because, you know, you don't understand that your souls mm-hmm. have been connected. But when you don't understand what the soul really is, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes no sense. It doesn't matter yeah. to them in that way. Well, maybe uh, matters, but it just is not understood. Right, right. It's hard, too, because it's not only, like, talked about as, like, one-night stands or casual hookups as being, like, normal. But it's also, like, encouraged by some secular people, like, I've been at work hearing people talk about their mm-hmm. relationships and I've had people say like, yeah, I've been in a year long relationship, but we haven't had sex yet. And then there's other people it's that like, are like, okay. are you serious? <laughs> yeah. They're like shocked. They're like, mm-hmm. how have you gone that long and not had sex with them? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. And like for them, Pressure. like, yeah, for them, it's like, that's like a normal thing to just have sex with mm-hmm. your partner, like early into the relationship. And then for others, it's like, that's something they abstain from. And you know yeah not do because it's not necessary for their relationship and that's you know How it's, it's it's crazy but it's just like it's just like the pressure around everyone of being like why not like what's the problem yeah like, it's just it, it's shocking <laughs> to people around mm-hmm. them yeah I, rem- I remember getting made fun of as a freshman in high school mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm 13 14 years old and people in my class were like what you're a virgin like <laughs> still i'm like still i'm 14 years old like yeah, it's just so exactly. crazy to I, me that, I dated yeah. somebody um my sophomore year of high school and i really liked him and we had he was my first kiss like we hadn't done anything we hadn't even kissed i don't think at this point yet and um i had two friends guy friends that i actually considered to be my friends i guess not like i mean acquaintance is like enough like i didn't think they had an issue with me but they my boyfriend told me this at the time but they like went up to him and they were like hey like 
can't name drop him. <laughs> anyway, they were like, hey, Bob, um, you realize, like, you need to break up with Gloria because you're not going to get anything from her. And they, like, went and they're like, you know she's not going to do stuff. So why are you in a relationship with her? And he came back telling me that, so upset because those were his friends. And he was like, as if I care. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to do anything either. But he's like, it just assumes that I want to be having sex with you. And he's like, but that's also something I don't want, like, it, it, right now. And so ultimately, like, that relationship ended. But I ended with less scars because we didn't do that. And that pressure, he didn't end a relationship with me, thank God, because of that. Because that would have been so heartbreaking. But... Yeah, I think a misconception that I think about the most um, is where I've heard the most, maybe, is that people, um, non-believers love to, and even believers love to use the excuse of like, but how will we know if they're good? Like, how can you not do, like, even like the, you know, foreplay stuff, like, how can I marry somebody and be like destined to a lifetime of mediocre sex like if you don't know like if they're good or if they can please you yada 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 then how are you going to get married to that person and that is like such a huge misconception because ultimately if both people are living their life for God and have um you know stayed on the right path sexually for the most part you're not going to know, you know, what it could be. And you're not going to be using that comparison, but your emotional connection is what's going to create sex to be good. And from what I've heard from a lot of married people, it takes a while. And that's fun. Like, that's the whole process of getting to know somebody in a whole different realm, which is meant specifically for the covenant of marriage. Like, ultimately, so you can get to know that person, so you can love them on a deeper level, and they can know that you're not going to walk away with a piece of them, you know, yada, 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 like, it's not going to matter, like, you won't have anything to compare it to. Well, I mean, you can ask any married couple that's been together for more than 10 years, and you'll tell them, like, yeah, like, sex isn't the center point of our marriage. Yes, that's what I would say. If you're going to put, if you're going to put, like, (laughs) sex in a percentage of, like, what you do in your marriage, I've I've ever heard it's, like, oh, it's probably, like, a a percent 15 of like minutes what, yeah like well even yeah it's, it's like you said like i mean you if you're getting married like you know the only two things that you need to be compatible sexually is is a is a functioning penis and a functioning vagina yeah. and that's it you know yeah. that's that's sexually compatible oh, but then yeah. you have your entire marriage you know 20 30 40 you know is ever long as you guys are together there's um, so many other challenges you're gonna face yeah but you can still i mean like you said you grow together and that's the beauty of it is like it's it's meant to to bond one person with another person in the context of marriage yeah you know i'm sure you've heard the duct tape analogy no i haven't so the duct tape analogy <laughs> it's it's a pretty common one but it's like you take a piece of duct tape and you stick it on your skin right mm-hmm. and it's gonna stay there it's meant to to stay in one place but every time so every time you have sex it's like taking the duct tape up and then putting it back down every time you do that it's going to get less sticky mm-hmm. and so that's like if you have if you have sex with one person like it's stuck like it's mm-hmm. not going to move but if you have like sex with like 100 people like is it still going to be sticky at that point and that doesn't mean you're irredeemable. No, like it just means ruined. It just means that it's going to be hard. Like it's, it's just, just harder to form a connection the more people you yeah. sleep with. Well, and I think that ultimately, like you're made new in God. So, like if you do, you know, have sex with multiple people, like you're not ruined. Right. Like, you can just buy a whole new role at one point. You know, in marriage, like you could be redeemed ultimately. But like it does leave that baggage and like that. Like, there's things that happen, and what was really interesting, actually, is I was kind of like, hmm, because, like, 
uh, I'm gonna throw my parents under the bus, but like they were not virgins when they got married. And I mean, my mom was pregnant with my sister and she'd openly say that on here too, is that, you know, they were pregnant before they got married. And, you know, I look at that and I'm like, okay, but we're fine. Like it's all worked out. And so I'm like, but they're fine. So ultimately like, what's the big deal? And so that's one thing that I was thinking about for a long time is like, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. Um, but then I have this um, really great person um, in my life that's a couple years older than me and she is married. And she um, let me know that like, in a very vulnerable setting, she also told me I could share this, um, that in the beginning of their marriage, they, since they weren't saved, like didn't save their sex for each other, there was so much comparison and like heartache, even though they're both Christians and they love each other so much, it was like hard to have sex because you're like, I bet like his last girlfriend was better than me and I'm his wife, but like now he's doomed to this lifetime of bad sex with me because I'm awful, yada, 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 yada. But if you have nothing to compare it to, ultimately you're never going to know. And so, and it will be beautiful with somebody who loves you and in a relationship that you is God centered. But like you said, it's not your whole relationship. Like there's, you're going to raise kids. You're going to have really hard moments financially. You're going to have to make huge decisions where you're living and where you're moving. You're going to have issues with your your parents and grandparents and all these things, just siblings and aunts and uncles and they have to navigate life together. So, yeah. So you said, you said your parents got, got pregnant before they got married. Yeah. So like think about like if they, they didn't end up getting married. Yeah. Because not only do you have a, a kid without a functioning like functioning parents but then then you have just like a a horrible situation of like okay now there's a kid Mm -hmm. you know and it's like it becomes less about you and about right and so it's 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 thankful and you know it's great that your parents worked out but it's like think about all the people that didn't work out and that's where like like sex in the context of marriage is like you don't have to worry about that you know it's yeah yeah. and like what i think is really interesting though is that god takes horrible and can make it good and like my family that's obviously like evidence of that like that could have got Emma and I have literally sat and cried and talked about like praise God like that this worked out this way because for a lot of people it doesn't like I've known people that were a product of a one-night stand like that was that person's life was like their parents were never married and you know his whole life was without married parents from a one-night stand and that was hard it was very hard and so you know ultimately like god can make things beautiful and praise jesus you know my madeline's middle name is grace you know because that's what god gave my family and my parents and if you are in the situation where you are pregnant and outside of marriage say you're 18 say you're 15 you know however old you are that does not mean that you're ruined or that you aren't redeemable or huge misconception that there's not somebody still out there for you and for your kid that can be a great role model model and a great dad. Um, And what's also really cool is like God is a heavenly father. If your child is lacking an earthly father, an earthly mother, God covers both of those bases, which is really cool. So ultimately you're not ruined. Um, Your journey is just a little bit more difficult. It's like falling off a bike. (laughs) Like you didn't have to take your training wheels off, but you did and you fell down. So you have to pay the consequences of having some bruises and scrapes, but they'll heal, right? So I have some more questions so we can stay on topic. Um, so um, what if, so I'm going to ask these from some questions as if there's somebody sitting here dealing with these things. 
So this is not like me. <laughs> okay. So what if my boyfriend and I are both Christians and we've been together for several years or a couple months um, because in high school, six months equals like six years, right? And like, what if we don't go all the way? We just think, but like we think um, it will grow our relationship and honor God to do blank, blank, blank. So what, like, what if I'm in a relationship and we pray and we talk to God all the time and we just think that doing one step here and there will actually just grow us more together spiritually? What, what would you tell somebody who says that? It's kind of a difficult question. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a good question. <laughs> Ultimately, and it gets down to, you know, a self-control issue mm-hmm. and a, you know, like a temptation issue. Um, man, I don't remember the verse, but <laughs> it's, yeah, there's the, I think, I think it's in Galatians, but it talks about, you know, like self-discipline is like hard in the present, but like it, you reap good rewards later on. And Self-control so, like, is a fruit of the spirit. Right. And so if you, you know, like see I mean, it doesn't matter how long you've been together like if you're not married like you could still break up like up yeah. to your wedding day you could still break up and so it's um you know it's important to like keep things like in the context because like if you if you say oh i can do everything except for for sex then who's to say like but again i mean if you're doing stuff other than sex like nine times out of ten you're gonna end up leading to sex because oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and so um, and there's there's also another verse, and I, you know, I hate that I can't remember. I think it's also in First Corinthians. It's like, you know, God will never tempt you, or there's no temptation of man that hasn't been tempted before, and like God will oh, always provide. Yeah, and so God, you know, and God will always provide you a way out to that temptation. Yes. And so that's like, another one of the questions I have. <laughs> you know, and you know, men and women are created to be attracted to each other. Like that makes sense, but you have to have a level of self control. And if there's, you know, if if you and your you, know, you say you're a Christian couple and you're doing studies together and you're praying a lot. Like, why are you doing these things? Yeah. Because you are know, you really listening if, to what God has like, to say? Are you, are you picking and choosing different things to listen to from the Bible? Because either, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're picking and choosing, then I mean, you, you need to either accept the entire Bible or reject all of it. Because, um, and again, like pe- these people aren't condemned, you know, they can still repent and they can, you know, like, you're yeah, not, you're I'm not, there, nobody is beyond saving, but it's like, why are you picking and choosing? Like right, ultimately right. there's going to be like, it doesn't matter. Like I could, I believe everything the Bible has to say and wholeheartedly, which I think is what you're saying. Like if you're going to believe it, then why not just believe the whole thing? Like don't pick and choose just what fits you best. Yeah. But, but ultimately it all fits you best if you really are believing it. But that doesn't mean I don't struggle with envy, like envy and pride and sexual immorality sins. And I, I mean, I struggle with all of that, but yet I feel shameful, which is like, I don't feel shameful in the context of I'm ruined and I hate myself for life. I feel shameful in the way of, you know, it's like when you lie to your parents and you come home and you're like, ah, you know, they're going to be so disappointed, but you know, they forgive you ultimately. Yeah. That's the type of shame I'm talking about is I'm not stuck in shame for life. I'm just, I feel shameful after I do something that I know harms me. Nothing I do harms God yeah. ever. It doesn't hurt God. It hurts me and not ultimately leads me farther away from God with my own doing. God doesn't push you away. You push yourself away. Juliana, what do you think about that? I just let they know stated it really well. Like it, it, it really does come down to like a self-control. And yeah, especially if you guys are doing Bible studies or, you know, hearing the, hearing the word, like you shouldn't be getting that message of 
oh, well, this will grow our relationship closer. This is necessary for our relationship. And so it is, it's like a temptation. Like you're, you're, you're going to be convinced that that is something that should happen because especially when you're in a relationship for a long time, you get to this point you're, when you're like, well, we might as well, like, at this point, we're gonna get like, engaged. even when like people are that are engaged, we're going to get engaged, yeah. we're going to get married. So what's the problem? Like we might as well. And so it's like, it's really hard because it, mm. it is a temptation and it's, it, it definitely is a lot of self-control, a lot of discipline. Um, like you said, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. And so that's something that we need to follow and, and practice. And that needs to come from both ends. So it's hard because you can't just sit there by yourself and think to yourself without talking about it all and be like, mm-hmm. no, it's wrong. You can't do it. Yeah. It needs to be an open an conversation. An open conversation with the other yeah. person. And you need to sit down with them and be like, here's why I, uh, here's what I think. Like, let's talk through it. Because if they have differing opinions, then it's just not going to work well, out. Well, then you're unevenly yoked, which mm-hmm. is another Bible verse. You know, God really lays it out clearly for us. It's not really, people are always like, that's just so like, just like confusing. And it is, it's. It's confusing, but not because God makes it confusing, but because the world and the enemy makes it confusing. Yeah. And then we don't spend time in scripture knowing just the straightforward truth of what God has to say about it. Yeah, It's also so hard being in such a intimate relationship in, in all different aspects because all you want to do because all you want to do is like please them because it's something that's so such a desire in a relationship is to make the other person happy. Or it, it like it is mm-hmm. a temptation to please them in all areas. So it, it it can be really hard when you have differing opinions too, because you're like, well, if they think this, then maybe it's just something that we should do anyway. Yeah. Because I want them, I want to make them happy, and I want this to work. And you love somebody so much, and you're like, why would God give you this person if they don't want me to love them to the full mm-hmm. of which I can love them, mm-hmm. you know? But like you, if you love them to the full, you can't give them your, yourself mm-hmm. before you're married because that won't love them that will hurt them ultimately so it's definitely something that really should be sat down and talked about um openly with each other and just make known and do the research like don't sit there and be like i just feel like this is (laughs) yeah because that's you know you can't just feel like it i wish you need to get proved (laughs) and i wish i could sit here and be like yeah foreplay's fine (laughs) you know like i wish that we could be like if that's what scripture says that'd be so cool i'd be like that you know let's do it but ultimately that's not what it says and truth is sometimes really difficult and i mean I hadn't accepted that fact until like yesterday. Like I kid you not, it's been through this podcast series and discovering things that I've been like, okay, well maybe 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 we shouldn't be doing other stuff. You know, that that's that's a misconception as well because it's just really not openly spoken. Like, how many times? I didn't even know, like, the word foreplay. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. A lot of the times, when a topic gets brought up, just keep this in mind. If you're feeling condemned by it, it might be something that you need to look into. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. like, I bet so many people heard about this topic from your Instagram or just any other way, and they're like, ugh, I don't know. That mm. kind of makes me feel, like, a little icky, like, what, is this right? It's is probably this wrong? because you're maybe not doing yeah, well in that area. Probably because you need to think about it a little more and like dive into the word, like look into it. The Bible is pretty cut and dry on this topic. And it's so hard because like everyone is trying to find loopholes. Well, we just don't want that to be the case. And like, mm-hmm. like I'm saying, like I would love to be like, no, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom always said to me that when we were little, and I mean, when we were little, she obviously wasn't telling us each step. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at it this way now, you can see each step. But anyway, it's like holding hands, 
or hugging leads to holding hands, holding hands leads to kissing, kissing leads to making out, making out leads to hand jobs and like fingering, which leads to oral sex, which leads to full on intercourse. And like <laughs> when I was little, we missed the, all those middle steps and it was like holding hands, kissing, sex. And I was like, absolutely in high school, I was like, there is absolutely no way. Cause I literally knew nothing. Like freshman year, I knew nothing about foreplay. I didn't even know that was stuff that you could do. And so innocent. And so I was like, how can kissing lead to sex? Pretty sure I have enough self-control because I didn't know the other things existed. Yeah. So when I started making out and stuff, and I was like, oh, oh, there's a little bit of other things that happened. It was really confusing to navigate on my own because yeah. I had discovered it kind of on my own. I, I really loved what, just going back a little bit, but I really loved what Joanna said about like, you, you want to please the other person mm-hmm. um, or like, and you want them to like please yourself. Um, and, and Romans is, is pretty clear on that in, in Romans 8, uh, 13 through 14, um, or 12 through 14. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the, by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear. Uh, Joanna said it's cut and dry, like, don't live for the flesh, you know, and then, you know, you get into you know, like Ephesians um, 5, the entire section about husbands and wives, I'm not going to read it. It's, it's uh, verses 22 through 33. Um, but, you know, it says pretty clear that, um, like, you two, I mean, you, like, wives love their husbands, husbands love your wives. And, you know, you guys are one, like, you know, it says anyone who, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, and but nourishes and cherishes it. It's like you need, like, in in. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's like don't don't satisfy the flesh. Like that's mm-hmm. that's ultimately the like in a marriage. Like you guys can satisfy each other all you want, mm-hmm. but you know outside of marriage, like don't live for the flesh. I mean, don't live for the flesh regardless. You miss a lot. If that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, just also, well also, think so, think about how mm-hmm. like think of how many like first times like you can get in marriage if you like wait. Like if you're doing. Like imagine like your your first time, um, just doing any foreplay stuff is with your like your wife, your husband. Like that's gonna be that's gonna that's gonna be exciting and, and it's gonna be nervous and nerve wracking. But if you've if you've foreplayed with, you know, ten other people, it's gonna be like okay, this is the, you know, we're in a, we're in a routine now. Like I know what I'm doing, but like it's fun to like learn new things with someone. Well, and I think so, things like but if you have done those things, ultimately like like because there are people I'm sure that are listening, and I'm I'm sure even you know, some of us maybe have done these things already, some of them. And, you know, ultimately that does not mean that God can't like renew our marriages right, and stuff, right. but it just, it's just it can go without all that. It's, it's also, it's, it's harder too, it's hard, you know, yeah. cause like, say like the, the like your my, like say my wife has been completely pure and marries me and like, I haven't been pure. It's like, she's always going to be thinking like, man, am I, am I as good as like the other girl or other girls that yeah, he's been yeah. with? It's like, I don't want my wife to feel like she's comparing herself to people I haven't talked to in years and years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's and so that's where and it's like, definitely something you can work through, but it doesn't. Right. It's it's avoidable. All of it is avoidable, and that's what like <laughs> I think it's interesting. And I my <laughs> I thought I came up with this one night, but then I was looking through church notes, and I was like, oh, I definitely heard that at one point, and then like took it and ran with it. But the analogy about Rapunzel, which is that, you know, she comes down out of the tower and experiences real life, but then gets scared of the overwhelming amount of like 
life and it's beautiful and amazing and like say God showing us this new life and it's like wow this is so fun and great but then she's like oh shoot I forgot about my chains and then runs up like that's so foolish like can you imagine like climbing your tower like that's exactly like how this is it's like it's avoidable you don't have to run back up to your tower once you're freed you know but that's how sin is but that's sin without redemption you know is like staying in your tower and just enjoying 7 a.m. the usual morning light, you know, that routine of like the everyday, like, I don't know, stuff. But there is a verse in Romans 12, 1, and it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So we can worship God with our bodies. You know, we are given this body as a temple to live in as we're on earth to glorify God. So this is my house when I'm at on earth. And so I want to be able to keep it healthy and honor it because I have a lot of work to do. Like I, there's a lot of people who don't know God and there's a lot of things that I, you know, want to do for the kingdom of heaven. And so if my body isn't, you know, if I'm not just like a car, like if you're not changing the oil, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you have a flat tire and you're not taking care of it, like you're going to get in a car crash, you know? So like you have to ultimately honor your body because that ultimately honors God and the whole purpose and meaning of life. Hey, funny thing. Everybody always is like, what's the meaning of life? The meaning of life is to glorify God. Mm-hmm. That is your entire life. Right. Shocking. Yeah. Crazy. That, that so verse is really great because it like... It's a it's an ultimate reminder that when you're in a dating relationship, the the goal is not to please your partner. The goal is to please God, mm-hmm. and in everything that you do, and so you can't get caught up in like, but they're not going to be happy because, like, it's not that's not how that works. Like you ultimately they'll figure it out and they'll mm-hmm. be thankful. Yeah. Like my dad and I were actually talking about this last night. Fun thing, let's be vulnerable. Is I you know was having a hard time last night. And I think this is all because of God. I think that, you know, I knew we were filming this this morning and the enemy was like, Oh, you are awful. You don't get to talk about this. You know, it was like, you are in such a wrong place. And actually this whole podcast, I'm like, I am the least qualified. I am such a sinner in all areas, but in this area, it's something that I like, it almost makes me sick to my stomach because I'm like, I know I'm so not I'm making myself sound really awful, but I just like I feel like I'm just very flawed. And so I was like sobbing. And my dad last night was like telling me, you know, about I don't know really where I'm going with this, but we were just like talking about like sexual immorality and stuff like that. And he was telling me about like losing his virginity and in high school and um ultimately like doing that just because it was the thing to do in high school. He's like, Yeah. And he's like, and I did that and I immediately regretted it. He's like, I like made the decision. I was, he was like excited to do it. And then he did it. And then it was heartbreaking for both of the people in that relationship. And, you know, he was in a relationship for a couple years at that point. It wasn't just like a random hookup, but he's like, in comparison, that two years that I spent with that person in high school compared to the 22 years with my mom, 
like that did not need to happen. You know, like it's just so it's going to, it's so different. Like, why can't you wait? And it's not, God's not asking you to wait because he wants to keep something from you. It's because he wants it to be beautiful in its own time. And God's like time is so different than ours. He's like, it's literally three minutes away. Just chill. And so I just like, look, I have to look at it in that perspective of there's somebody out there that is going to know me in a different way than hopefully anyone else will have ever experienced. And through that, I'll get to glorify God. Like, that's so cool. But I just want to keep it that way. Right. And this is, this is going to sound kind of vulgar, but you have that secular view of, of post-nut clarity to, to like, to a secular person. That's what that is. But when you think of it from a Christian standpoint, that's just conviction. Mm-hmm. Like, and but like, you, no one who, you know, if someone uses that term, they're going to, I mean, they don't think of it as conviction. They think like, man, my, I feel so level-headed now. I'm clear. <laughs> But it's that's like just, so gross. That's, yeah. that's the spirit working through you saying like, what'd you just do? I don't like, think that happens in marriages all, no, at think, all. I don't think in, in, in the context of marriage, I don't think you're ever going to feel guilty about, mm-hmm. about like, yeah. being sexually active with your spouse. Wow. Yeah. I never you thought know? about but that. It might be, this is something that I should point out. If you've already done those things before you, or even if you're under a um, view that you've been taught that, sex is wrong like in all areas and that you should feel guilty by doing it and da, 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 da. you can get into a marriage relationship and feel guilty because you're just under this yeah, yeah under this teaching of like this is so wrong why yeah. am i doing i've this? had a lot of people tell me that after they got married they felt that way and so you have to heal from that and then also and then um it's like it's going to be hard but like it, it's a healing thing yeah. and uh i don't even know what you're saying something about but no, I would, I know, I, yeah. I fully agree with it. And I think like when you, if you, if you were feeling guilty, if you've been taught that like sex is a bad thing and you get married and feel guilty, whose fault is that? It's the church's fault for teaching. You. So, you know, it, you know it, go, it goes so much deeper than just feeling guilty. It's like, you gotta, like, like why did nobody tell me? What's yeah. the, what's the, what's the root of that guilt? Like, yeah. is it, is it guilty because you know, you, you, you know, if you have success in a marriage, the guilt makes sense. Cause you know, this is a wrong thing, yeah. but if you're in the context of marriage and you're, you're having sex and still feeling guilty, you got to go back to like, okay, who taught me this? Like, this Not is, God. you know, yeah, God didn't yeah. teach this. Like yeah. God created sex. Why would he be against sex? So you got to just think like, you got to really, I mean, you know, the church is great for learning. But you need to go to your Bible first and foremost if yeah. you need to learn yeah. something. Well, because everything is like, <laughs> I always have to think about this. Organizations are ran by people, so like, yeah. I always think like it doesn't matter if it has Christian in the in the title. It's still ran by people mm-hmm. and by a bunch of humans doing their very best. Yeah. And so it's up to an individual to make those decisions for themselves. So I kind of want to get onto another question so we can, you know, hop a new direction. These are all so good. I feel like we can make like a million episodes. But, um, oh, okay, here's another one. So, I don't know how far I um, want or can go with, oh, sorry, I cannot talk. Okay, I don't know how far I can go without getting hurt. I, I'm literally reading this wrong three times. I'm not going to read that because I wrote it weird. That's not what I meant. Scratch all of what I just said. <sighs> what if I know how far I can go without getting hurt? Say, I just have decided that like I can be fingered and that doesn't hurt me. I've done it before. Why can't I just do it all the time? It doesn't hurt me. I know myself. And that's one thing that I've heard people say. I've said it 
a bazillion times. I've said that same thing. It's like, I just know who I am and I know like what will hurt me. That is like foolish. I've discovered. So what do you guys think about that? Have you heard that before? I have heard that before. I think, I think this goes right back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, living for the flesh, um, you know, living according to your own desires, but also like, you know, you don't know what's best for yourself. God knows what's best for yourself. If you say like, yeah, I think this is fine. I mean, back it up with scripture. Yeah. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna claim something like in my Bible study, I make all my guys, um, if they like make a statement about God says or God does or God whatever, I say give me a verse that backs it up. Don't just say God does something. And it's the same thing with yeah. with your life. It's like, oh, I think this is fine. Show me a verse. I always ask people that in conversation yes. where I'm like, that doesn't seem right. I'm like, uh, but I don't say it in like an aggressive way. I just say, yeah. oh, that's really interesting. I never heard that before. Where'd you find it? Yeah. And they're like somewhere. Same thing with like political things. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Send me a source. And they're like, that. Uh, well, I just assumed. And I was like, you can't just assume. <laughs> Your sources trust me. And <laughs> trust me. Yeah. With this specific topic, like I've heard so many different things. I've heard people look at me like, no, it's fine. As long as you're glorifying the Lord, it's okay. <laughs> I bet, yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there and like, I'll hear it. And I'll be like, well, okay. And then I, and then I think, yeah. It, Take I, it as gold. Yeah. I'm like, okay. But then later on, another person will say that to me and I'll be like, can you find proof for that? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, yeah, totally. And they look. And guess what? They can't find it. Yeah. Like none. You can't find any proof for, yeah, it's okay. Just glorify the Lord and that's okay. You can, you can finger your partner. You can do all that stuff because it's it's doing it for the right reason. Well, and I've made decisions literally thinking like, I've set a boundary in my heart that can only last so long. Like it's a wall that like the, the boundaries God has set for me are so incredibly strong. So if I sit to those boundaries, they can't break. But if I sit to my little like stick figure wall, like it's going to break. And like, there's been times where I'm like, I have told myself, this is incredibly vulnerable. Um, my mom's going to listen and be like, ah, anyway, <laughs> but I've told myself, I said, you can sext because you're good at everything else in your life. You are, and it's a secret. No one's on my phone, but me, no one's on my Snapchat. The pictures disappear nobody's gonna know and so nobody's gonna know how would they know (laughs) Um, but like you know how they would know is because non-believers don't care Mm. ultimately sometimes like they well okay I'm not that's a really broad thing to say is that they don't care but from my experience is I sex one guy I probably also sexed another and they probably talk to another person and then maybe I talk to that guy and this guy and this guy and they all end up finding out. And so it really isn't a secret, but I would tell myself that it was okay because I was pretty much doing a lot of other things right in my faith and nobody would find out about my sexual immorality sin. And there was, <laughs> there was a period of time, this is actually really funny, where I was like sexting like quite often and <laughs> with like a couple, like maybe like two guys or three guys. It was really bad. <laughs> crazy but anyways so they would um every time like they, i don't know they would like have post that clarity or whatever and these guys would be like corey you're the strongest christian i know at the every single time and they'd be like you're just like such a strong christian and like i'm so sorry and like i've led you down this path and they're like like they just like even if they're not a believer they've like sat there and been like i always have admired you and i'm like stop like, do not talk to me about, me about God right now because this is my sin. Like, let me be in my sin. And now I look back and I'm like, I was literally accepting the fact that I was living in my sin and, and justifying it by saying, it's okay, I'm sinful. He'll forgive me. 
And then the next day I'd be like sobbing and like, thanks so much for forgiving me. And then that night, like make a bad decision. And I was, but then I still justified it as, well, it's fine. And so, and I, it took me a long time to accept the fact that like, first of all, that has affected me and affected how people have, you know, because I would get people to say like, oh, I thought you were a goody goody. Guess not. And I'd be like, no, like, I'm still a good person, you know, and that affected how I looked at myself, how other people looked at me. But both of those things don't matter because luckily God still looks at me and loves me and he doesn't see my sin when he looks at me. Um, Praise God, you know, but that's something that I did to myself and I've hurt myself, you know, and so that's something you have to work through, but I'm not ruined. Sorry, yeah. continue. That was yeah, a long little spiel. You know, and you're, and you're not ruined. Like, that's the beauty of the gospel is that, you know, we are saved. We are, like, yeah. you know, through Christ, we, we can't obtain salvation. Um, and, and that's great. And But, like, I mean, go back to the question, like, um, outside of the context of marriage, like, like fingering oral sex, like, all that, like, it's it's considered sexual morality. Yeah. And I think the, the Bible is abundantly clear that sexual morality is, is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably isn't the best verse, but there's also, I mean, in Hebrews 13, uh, verse 4, uh, let marriage be held in honor among you and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. And then, you know, you, you have the entire sections in, in the Corinthians books talking about sexual morality. Um, you have Romans talking about sexual morality. You, just have, you have so many verses. So it's, it's, it's abundantly clear that regardless of what you think is okay, go back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um and I, you know, I want to comment on what you said earlier about like, like, like being a good person or whatever. It's like, um, are you a good person based on what the Bible tells us and what God tells us? Or are you a good person based on, um, well, like what the world tells you, mm-hmm. you know, there's an entire section in James chapter four about, you know, being against worldliness and, you know, like, like what we, you know, what we might think is right, um, is probably completely contrary to what, what God believes, you know? And so, you know, people are like, well, where do you draw the line between good and bad? It's like, you know, you can say like, for sure, like, okay, I think, I know for sure Hitler's in hell, but then you go like, what about like a child that like steals? Like he's sin, is he going to hell? And so you can't draw a line between like, who's, who's good, who's good and who's bad. And that's where you have Christ as the line. Mm-hmm. You know, you accept Christ and you, you believe in him and you, you become doers of the word and mm-hmm. you, you know, you accept the Bible. And then I'd say subjectively, like you're a good person, mm-hmm. but if you reject Christ and reject all that comes with Christ, like I'd say, you know, objectively, you're a bad person. Um, <clears throat> you might not be a bad person in terms of like human, like morality yeah. and human, like standards of good and bad, but in, well, in the context of God, which is the only yeah. context that matters, it, it's bad, you know? Well, and like we talked about this in church, like the unforgivable sin is the, uh, it's so funny because I was like when we talked about this in church and you actually had talked to me about this and I had never thought about it before and then the next weekend they talked to me about it in church I was like praise I didn't have to you know like dig for it I just like you gave me the verses and I read it myself but anyways like the unforgivable sin is rejecting forgiveness mm-hmm. so there really isn't an unforgivable sin it's just like not wanting forgiveness like mm-hmm. you know like that like it's rejecting forgiveness is just leading yourself down a path of this like of what's the word path of destruction Destruction. you know and like you do that to yourself like and and ultimately like the goal of like of goal of life you know is obviously glorifying god but like we're striving for sanctification not perfection 
So I'm not going to, every day I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to be like, today I'm going to be perfect. I'm not going to sin. Today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to think, if I sin, I will give it back to God and glorify him. Mm -hmm. I will sin today, Mm -hmm. but I ask God to give me opportunities to grow. You know, my therapist was saying, like, she wakes up in the morning and she prays, asks for patience, and then five seconds later, she's screaming at her kids. And God's like, I gave you an opportunity to practice patience. I did not make you patient automatically, but I gave you opportunities to practice, um, you know, patience. Well, and then, you know, Paul talks about this in Romans, um, and this might not be the best verse, but, like, it's, it's like, Romans 1, uh, you know, he says, like, they exchange the truth about God for a lie, and they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. You know, they're, they're, if you if you begin to worship yourself and, and not worship what God says, like, that's, that's, that's horrible. You know, like, um, it's like, for all day, they, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him because they became futile in their thinking and foolish, and their fu- foolish hearts were darkened. So, like, that's, it's an important thing. Like, if you give yourself up to, if you give yourself up to yourself, like you're, I mean, you're completely against God in that situation. And so it's, I think it's again, going back to the Bible, going back to like, how can I worship God? And if you're worshiping God, like you're not going to be doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be, you know, being quote unquote unpure as you'd say, you know, but that's not what's I mean, about. ultimately like the moment you sin as a child, like as a baby or, you know, as a two-year-old, you lie to your mom, whatever mm-hmm. you ate the cookie when you told her you weren't going to, like you automatically were impure, impure. Mm-hmm. So like, it's weird that purity is wrapped around. Like when I think purity, I automatically think like, um, I think about, you know, sexual immorality. And what's that book called? That was such like a whole big thing about purity. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, um love weights movement thing what is it called oh love wins no it was that book and it was like oh it was like a whole big thing and it like really started purity culture but i can't think of the name of it right now was it was it um oh goodness. was it like a christian book or like a progressive no, it was christian like a book? it was a christian book but then the author came back like 20 years later and was like i created a whole culture it pretty much created purity culture like brought light to purity culture and then he oh i kissed dating goodbye Oh. And anyway, so sorry, that was really random. I don't know what's going with that. Oh, but like when I think about purity, I think of, you know, I kiss dating goodbye, which is the idea of like sexual purity only. Mm-hmm. Like you're pretty much, it was pretty much a book that was just telling women that you're created for your husband to please him one day. And if you have sex or do anything before marriage, you are ruined and your husband won't love you. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. pretty much the whole concept. And so when I think about purity, I've always thought about that. I think mm-hmm. about your purity rings. I think about your, the idea, you know, that your dad tells you at 16 or 13, whatever age your parents decide to do it, they give you a ring and they say, Hey, I vow that my daughter is not going to have sex. And then you know what I would do if my dad gave me that ring, I would throw it out the window. And I'd be like, because you like made this decision for me, I'm just going to do it. So where I'm going with this is I think a lot of girls that have grown up in a Christian home feel like um, they, or, or not in a Christian home, but like a, in the church, mm-hmm. they feel like if they do something, their body is unlovable for their husband. Have you experienced that feeling or known people who have doing it from a yeah. girl perspective? Sorry. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't personally experienced that feeling just because um, when I started learning about this, it was also learning about purity culture and hearing the idea of like you're you're unforgivable mm-hmm. like you are dirty for the rest it's like of where your did life. that come from i didn't even know <laughs> it, it, it was like shocking to me when i heard that because i was like what i was like what about jesus's undying forgiveness mm-hmm. i was like 
where did that go? Like, did that just disappear? Like, it's like adults give us tough love in a wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it was like I haven't personally like experienced it, but I like I've heard of other people that are like, I'm gross, I'm dirty. Like, I did go into a married married relationship feeling guilty, still doing things because I'm gross and I'm dirty, and my husband doesn't love me. And I was like, I just don't feel like that's not that's just not how that works. I felt that way. Like I I remember like making out with a boy sophomore year and coming home and taking a shower and like aggressively scrubbing my skin like that's really sad to to look back and like washing my face and I was like like really I was like hurting myself in a way like because I was just like taking it out on my body as I was like so mad and I was like and like I was bawling and I was just like upset because I was like my husband's not gonna love me like how can I clean myself and it was like so awful and then I was like who gave me that idea because it's definitely not my parents so it had to have been a cultural thing that I just like happened upon at one point where I like decided that I was ruined but my if I base my purity off of whether or not my husband's gonna love me like especially me being who I am like confidence level wise I do not care (laughs) I'm like okay well I'm awesome you know but if I base it off of like glorifying God that is so much easier than just doing it to see if my husband loves me because then I'm like I don't even care it's the same thing about like pleasing a human like it's about god yeah it's it's so it's so wrong to think that by um getting involved in sexual immorality that you're gross and you're dirty because it's a sin but like so is lying so after lying like you just sinned like it's it's equivalent like all sins are equal so it was like in god's eyes in god's eyes (laughs) yeah it's hard because it was like it's just, it's just something that it is tough love, essentially. Like it is a way of, of teaching people. And for some, some people, maybe that works, but it's hard to just ultimately preach that you are dirty and you are, um, unpure after committing those acts because people can really take that to heart. Exactly. Like you stood in the shower and you, like I and scrubbed, you, like it's so awful. Hurt yourself. You hurt like yourself. You hurt your, te- you hurt your body's a temple and you hurt that. Yeah. I couldn't of, even look at myself mm-hmm. and that was so messed up because it, so it didn't have to be that process of hating myself when mm-hmm. ultimately God is like hey you fell off your bike you know get up shake it off mm-hmm. let's move on like it's like telling like a two-year-old like literally get off it get up and like just pretend not pretend it didn't happen like remember that and don't do it again but like move on because the enemy has more of a grip on us if we let it you know, devour who we are, and if we sit back in our sin and be like, I'm the worst, and God's gonna hate me, that's what He wants you. That's literally the enemy is like, God hates you now, so you might as well join my team. <laughs> like, and don't like, and when if, if something like that happens, especially like, yeah, you're gonna sit back and be like, Oh my goodness, I'm so sinful, like, God hates me. Da, 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 da. Hey, that, just tell God, God. Yeah. just tell Him about it because that, that's the conviction to repent. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, repentance. <laughs> is so important and sitting there and looking at God and saying, mm-hmm. Hey God, I did something bad. Here's what it is. Please forgive me. Like that is so important. So to wrap up our amazing conversation, cause I think that this went crazy well. Um, so for you guys, so as you guys have shared, you shared a little bit of your own experience, a little bit like Daniel, what you're a junior in college, you're going to be a freshman. So we've gotten, and I'm going to be a freshman in college. So we've gone through that middle school, high school difficulty. And as we're stepping into early adulthood, what are you doing differently now than you did in your past in relation to honoring God with your sexuality? Is that really deep? No, that makes sense. Um, I'm now at a point in my life, um, which I wasn't, um, I kind of had this like 
kind of was learning more. I, I'm not very vers- well versed in purity culture. I didn't know purity culture was a thing until you know recently. I think girls know about it uh, a little bit more, right? Uh, which, anyways, off topic. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, kind of the same time as Julian, like December of 2020 is when I really like started like really exploring my faith. Um, and then you know, this was a big topic, and I was like, um, I was curious. I was like, okay, what's what's the bound? Ba- what is like what's the boundaries? Like, how far can you take it? You know, and that's you know in this is completely like sorry i've gone on a tangent but i I, i'm at a point now where if there's something that i want to do i want to make sure that like is it biblical or is it unbiblical like if you know i have been called a bible purist by some people but like is that a bad thing to want to like support everything you do with scripture and like we don't worship the bible but this is our guidebook and you know if we're not following our guidebook you know, it's like, it's like the guy, the, the Bible is the nat is the, the calibrated compass, but then, you know, everything else is not calibrated. You know, the, the, the Bible is going to lead you closer to God, um, and guide you to a holy life. Um, and so that's, that's ultimately where I'm at. Like if I want to make a decision sexually or not, you know, I want to make sure that it's, it's in line with what the Bible states. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of how the measures I've taken and you know, no one's perfect. Like we're all going to, you know, you you might also misinterpret something, but that's also where like, you know, you have sermons, commentaries, mentors, like you have plenty of resources to be able to go like, what is exactly this verse means? Like I've gotten really into like Greek word study because like, I want to know exactly what the Bible says. And you know, translation from Greek to English isn't always going to be, you know, the most accurate, but you know, if you're like, if you're just doing deep studies and you're really like trying to figure out exactly what the Bible says and you live your life based on what that says, I think you'll be okay. You only grow closer to God. Right. See, um, for me, in December of 2020, when I started discovering this topic. Why did you guys start December? <laughs> I don't know. It just happened. <laughs> I had, I, I, um, I, I went through a, a transitional period of just a lot of conviction, um, just for a lot of things. And one, a friend of mine that I had grown up with, um, uh, he, was like hey let's get coffee and he we sat down and then for a couple months he just kind of mentored me uh-huh. and really showed me you know like what what like what i was doing he he and he was not he was blunt with me like he did not hold anything he said like this you're you're like like buddy like this is what's I wrong with people you do that, but i love it at the same time i you know it, yeah <laughs> you know i didn't want to listen to him through the first couple of weeks but i was like man like he's he's spitting facts and so then i had to you know and everything was biblically backed up and so i was like all right well you know i can't ignore this and so that's when i went on my own um i don't know about joanna but that's you know having a mentor that actually like flat out said like you're you're in the wrong here i had a crazy december know? too so i was interested which what was for your... me i went um to live with my sister in tennessee uh for a month in december and I actually heard the opposite of Daniel. I heard from someone some very skewed views on oh, sexual yeah, immorality. And in my head, I just heard them and I was like, yeah, that sounds right. And I was like, I like that idea. That sounds right. And so for me, I was, I just, I had that view. And I was like, <laughs> if that feels right, if that like, if that view like feels right to me or if it like sounds right to me, it must be right. And I was like, that's just how it works. So I actually really skewed views of this topic for a while. And mm-hmm. I'm like ashamed to say that like I told a few people these, these views. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is what I feel like is okay. And like Gloria was one of them. Like I sat in the <laughs> car and told Gloria my views on this topic. And um, I've told other girls this. And I was like, I just shouldn't have said that opinion so blatantly so early on yeah. in, in, under, in learning about it. And I was like, because 
it's not something that I should I I should have just openly talked about without doing the research and without understanding it better. Yeah. So for me, I heard that view and that was my opinion. And then recently, I just I was like I was feeling condemned and I was like I have no scriptural backing for this. I was like I've never had scriptural backing for this. Like mm-hmm. the woman never even gave me scriptural <laughs> backing for this when it came to be. She was just like yeah, this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Sin and is like, attractive. Okay. Yeah. Sin is attractive. So, and I want, you know, I want to, I want to preface, I'm not a teacher, and I'm not mm-hmm. professionally trained to be a teacher, but if I want to teach somebody something, like, I, I want to make sure I am crystal clear on what I'm teaching, and, like, have verses to back up everything I'm saying, because, like, you know, James says in chapter three, like, verses one and two, like, like, not all of you should become teachers, like, because teachers are judged more harshly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in context of this, back when James was, was writing these people, like the status of teacher was so important back in or in the first century Christianity because like, you know, there's there's a hierarchy of like what it was like the apostles were the first in the church and then it was something. But like teachers were in that like hierarchy and it was like people wanted the status, but they didn't realize like if you're going to be teaching the word of God and teaching about Christ, like you're going to and you're teaching wrong, like you're going to be severely like punished, like not punished. Well, I guess punished. Yeah, but. Like it's, it's just going to come back to bite you. In the you will be, t- you will be, you know, like, and I don't, leading people astray. I don't want to be judged harshly. So I want to teach what's biblically accurate. Yeah. And that's, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's, I'm, I'm happy to say that I didn't um, like talk about this view with anyone that I couldn't go to right now and be like, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember that day exactly what you're talking about. Cause I did listen to you. Yeah. And I, and, um, that's my fault too. I, I didn't do it either. I didn't say, Julia, yeah. give me a verse. And the crazy thing was, and I should have realized it. I could never go up to, I lead middle school girls at my church. And I told myself I would never go up to those middle school girls and tell them, tell them those, that view. And mm-hmm. I was like, if I, if I wasn't that confident in the view, then why, oh, yeah. why would I, Same. why would I keep it yes. such a secret? That makes everyone? so much sense. I, I, I miss being a middle school leader because I would know that I was doing something wrong if I didn't want to openly right. share it with my girls. Right. I knew that if I was sinning in my life, like if I couldn't tell my eighth graders about it, I shouldn't be doing it. Exactly. You know? And so I was like, ugh. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Like if there's, there's like stuff, like if I don't want to tell my high school boys about this, like. One, I'm either gonna make them think that they're they're gonna think it's okay until right. someone tells them it's yeah, not, right. or it's a great way to hold you like, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is accountability thing, and but it's also like if I don't want to share this, like clearly I need to share this. I mean, I remember cause... telling a boyfriend like we were going to we were in a movie theater and he was trying to like make out in the movie theater, and I was like, we live in Wichita, Kansas. These people behind me could be one of my eighth graders' parents, and I don't want them to sit here and watch it. It's the same type of thing. If I don't want them to see it, I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yada yada yada. So. I'm going to answer that question, and then we have two more, and I know that you have to go, so we'll go really quickly. So how I'm going to do things differently as I go into college, and I'm sure that – actually, yeah, I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure I'm sure I messed up at some point, and hopefully, you know, not too terribly bad, but I'm not going to plan to mess up. <laughs> um, but I am going to not do the foreplay. I'm not going to do that stuff. I'm not going to – do anything outside of marriage and that sounds like a really big thing to me to say and like make on a podcast like this is what I'm doing but I think that if I tell people you know that will hold me accountable Mm -hmm. and I think that and I encourage people listening to make a decision and don't make it for yourself make it to glorify God so you know what you should do after listening hopefully (laughs) and um do some research first before you make a gigantic proclamation but that's what I'm gonna do and I'm I might mess up 
you know, but I think that yes, and I want to glorify God. And I've told Juliana and Juliana's told me her boundaries. And this is what I'm going to do. Her boundaries as in everyone's boundaries, as in God's boundaries Mm -hmm. and not a personal thing. So anyway, that's what I'm going to do. So are you now perfect? No. Daniel, no. because you've realized what you should do differently. Are you perfect now? Absolutely not. Is this going to be really hard? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> you know, and Romans, you know, everyone who knows this verse, for all have sinned and fall short of glory of God. Like, yeah. nobody's perfect. No, the only, when you stole a cookie. <laughs> yeah, like, the only, you know, the only perfect, um, like, we we can work to perfection, and mm-hmm. we can work to be holy. Sanctification. Yeah, and we're, you know, we'll never, the only person that's holy is God. And um, I'm so glad I don't have that pressure. Because, <laughs> you know, because holy, holy is, the definition of holy is complete separation from sin, which yeah. we are not. We live so in the earth. We can work to be holy so we can have perfection in heaven. Yeah. And, like, uh, yeah, no, we're not perfect. So hold out hope. Like, it's not that far away. Yeah. Like, that will be in heaven. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, is anyone too far gone? Nope. I don't think so. No. Nope. Absolutely. I think, you know, people say, like, oh, what if, like, uh like hitler would have like confessed his sins on his deathbed i'm like okay well one you know god knows the heart that's yeah oh yeah you cannot judge anybody else whether or not they're saved or not i need to find a verse for that i don't want to just you know i said earlier like i need a verse i will find the verse to that um i would encourage people to look that up and (laughs) yeah well back me on that and what i say about that specific topic is like um ultimately like i've had people tell me that people I'm close to aren't Christians because of decisions they're making in their life. And I'm like, this is not your walk. Uh Are you like, you realize that by telling me or telling somebody that they're not a Christian or that their faith is not strong enough. That is, that is a sin in your own area because you're being judgmental and you do not take the log or the speck out of somebody else's eye when you have a log in your eye. Like do not do that. So ultimately you can't judge other people's sin. Yada, 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 yada. (laughs) But also if you're truly, if you truly repent, you know, if you're if you're trying to like confess to Christ just because you go, oh, like I'm scared, I don't want to go to hell. Like, I mean, come on. Like, yeah. are you actually repentful? Like, if you if you were on your deathbed and you were truly repentful and you truly want to be saved, like God, God, call in the name of the Lord. God knows your heart. Yeah, call call in the name of the Lord. And, it has to know. be a personal decision. Nobody yeah, like, and God knows your heart. Yeah. Like, if I wouldn't look at my if my grandpa wasn't a Christian and he was like on like hospice care, I wouldn't look at him and be like. Grandpa, like you're gonna die, like you need to accept Christ, like that. Like That's I right. can't make that. I mean, I can, can tell share. him that, yeah. but I can't. Like he's got to make that decision for himself, yeah. and it's got to be a genuine, like not just spur of the moment. Like, like mm-hmm. I have to change, right. even if I have 20 minutes left on well, earth. You have to be, I have to be different. You have you know? to understand the weight of your sins, and then genuinely want to be forgiven. Right. And I think you. I mean, I can't imagine living a life without a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And people might say, "Oh, that's easy for you because you've been a Christian since you were got baptized when I was 10." And I was saved when I was nine, I think. And yeah, I mean, I do, I do remember the moment I was saved because I genuinely felt the weight of my nine-year-old sins. Like, just think about how, like, what I had done at nine. I let my dog free to go look for fairies, and I felt guilty forever. You know, but those sins were like taken off of me, like those little things. But like, just think about the weight of your sins, like, and genuinely ask for forgiveness. So, some final words of encouragement. You know, seek advice and find a mentor. Yes. Find a Paul. So important. Find a Paul, find a Barnabas, <laughs> find a Timothy. If you don't yes. know what that means, look it up. And if you um, follow me on Instagram, which is, I think it's just like at live a little, something like that. Um, DM me. I have a lot of people in my life that would love to mentor you. And I can't, I mean, I could mentor you, but on Zoom um, <laughs> because I'll be in California. But ultimately, you know, find a mentor, read the Bible, 
look for scripture. Don't just read it. Know the Bible. Know the Bible. Like reading the Bible and study. studying the Bible is completely different things. <laughs> on your own, too. Or and join a, a group. Do Communicate. A, do a Bible study. You know, do, Listen you to know, podcasts. Day to quiet times. You <laughs> yeah. know, but it's got to be on you. Like, you can't have someone holding your hand along the way. It's it's okay to be encouraged, but, like, if you're just saying, like, if you're only doing studies because someone's telling make you to. Make your faith your own. Yeah, make your faith your own. So, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of my podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed it and that it was beneficial to you. Um, follow me on Instagram at live a little, and um, you can be updated on some videos and stuff that we post on there. I think it's really fun to have those short little moments of encouragement. Um, so, yeah, if you want to hear anything else, also DM me on there. So, thank you. Everybody say bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> bye. You. bye. bye.